0: I really like that preview How many of you like comic book superheroes? Let me just see, show of hands Wow, okay How many of you have no idea what those are? Okay, we're going to pray for you right now uh, <laughs> well, It's really good to see you here, Mavuno I'm so excited This is the month of June And God is just helping us It's, such a, it's an amazing year, isn't it? Uh, in the middle of this year, God is just saying, uh, if, if I, It's moving so fast It's, it's, it's kind of hard to believe we're in June already do you remember just the other month? The other month, we were saying it's time for we're going to thrive this year, and I'm like, the well, year is moving too fast. You almost want to slow it down a little bit. Uh, but to God be the glory for all His goodness and His mercy to us. Let me just say, with that little slip of paper that you got, what we actually want you to do: write your initials on it, uh, because what we're going to do is distribute those prayers. We're going to make sure that somebody prays intently over the needs that you write. So take them seriously. Don't just write. Uh, what are some of the things, the breakthroughs you're trusting God for in your life through this year of thriving? And we're saying this, this is our month of prayer as a church. And we're going to make sure that every single one of those tabs uh, that we receive uh, gets some significant prayer. So make sure you, and, and we'll be hoping that every single one of us will contribute prayer uh, to this prayer effort. This is this, this, our prayer month starts, our time of prayer starts this coming Monday. We're going to have a prayer guide online. Uh, so make sure you download that or check that out on our website. And it's going to just have every day. There's going to be just something, a prayer focus that you can pray on. And then one of the things we asked you last week is that you would take uh, a moment a day every week. Uh, so we asked if this Wednesday could be, for, for example, uh, most of us, in fact, our whole staff team, the pastors, we're going to be fasting on Wednesday. And we want to, to invite you to fast with us on wednesday but if that day doesn't work for you for any reason choose another day and fast on that day and what we're saying is we're going to trust god that as we pray as we wait on him as we fast breakthroughs will be happening at mavuno church in june not in another month but this month this is a month of breakthrough tell your neighbor this is a month of breakthrough we're trusting God for some huge things uh, this month. And as, we, as you, uh, every service, it's also going to be a time when we're celebrating some of the exciting things God is doing among us. So every service, we're going to be hearing stories. I hear stories every week, uh, faith stories. Uh, about what God is doing as we take this step. For our visitors, uh, as you might have caught up, uh, caught on from from what they were saying on stage, is we're going through a time when we're fundraising, where we're raising some resources to move Mavuno to where we sense God is calling us to go. And every week I've had such amazing uh, faith stories. And I'm hoping this month we'll be able to share some of those uh, stories. As we're trusting God, that every one of us who considers this their church, would actually say, I want to be counted in. Uh, That we will come to the place where we're saying, we've prayed, we've trusted God, now it's time for us to cross the line, to take this step. And we're trusting God that none of us will be left behind. I really believe God is doing such an exciting thing, and none of us should be left behind. And so this is what we're trusting God for in June. This is a month of breakthrough. In the name of Jesus, it is. Well, what's the first thing that you would do if you had all the power in the world? You could do anything. You have the strength and the power to do anything. What's the first thing you do? I bind that thought in the name of Jesus. Okay, 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 I shouldn't say that. Share it with your neighbor. Just one thing, one thing that you do. If you had all the power in the world, and don't, don't give a machachi answer, I would eliminate hunger in the Middle East. I mean, for real, for real. What's the first thing? I mean, the, there are things you'll do. The tenth thing, but what's the first thing that you would do? Share it with a neighbor, just just real quick. First thing you would do if you had. All the power. How many said that they would buy something? Nobody said they'd buy something. How many would change their financial status if they had all the power? How many would change their relational status? That's a polite way of saying they'd get married. Oh, nobody. Wow. OK. How many? OK, so a few people? How many of you would change your residential status? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Quite a few statuses would be changing. We're going to be talking about power this month. You know, I am so fascinated with superheroes. Superheroes have power. I just watched the Avengers last night. I I don't know how many watched that. I mean, that was a fest, It was just overdose of action and adrenaline. I mean, it's, it's an amazing, amazing movie. Don't watch it because I say it. If you don't like that kind of thing. But it's too violent for Christians. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but you know, I couldn't resist it because I've been a superhero for ever since I was a kid. And you know what? The amazing thing about superheroes is that every culture in the world has always had superheroes. There's a fascination with these human beings who have more power, more ability than the regular human being. Whether it was the Greek gods... Whether it was uh, the cowboy, the, 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 the fastest draw in the west, uh, the, the old cowboys. Whether it was uh, going over to the east, the ninjas and the samurai. Some of you like watching those karate movies. Uh, those guys who do legendary things. They run on air and they, they do all kinds of things that human beings can't do. Even here in Africa, we had our superheroes, didn't we? There were people like Shaka Zulu. There were people like Luanda Magere, Mark Mende himself. A serious superhero. We're fascinated with superheroes. Why do we have this fascination? I mean, Hollywood is making huge money from us on this superhero fascination. Do you know that in the last 10 years there have been over fifty blockbusters? Over fifty that have comic book superheroes as the lead. I mean, whether it was the Avengers the X-Men, how many people like the X-Men? Uh, whether it was uh, Superman or Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Batman, Iron Man, the Hulk, Thor, the God of Fun. I mean, it's amazing. And the weird thing about them is every single one of those movies I've mentioned has been one of the top grossing movies of all time. As in, if you look at the top 50 grossing at, uh, of, uh, movies that have made the most money of all time, all those comic book superheroes, movies. Uh, feature the ones i've just mentioned feature and many others uh it's just a fascination and these guys have caught on to the fact that human beings are into power there's something about us that fascinates us when it comes to superheroes what is it about super about human beings that is so fascinated with heroes maybe it's a fact that they can just beat the pulp out of any bad guy that they find I mean, it's amazing how superheroes, they just have tricks up their sleeves. You always watch the movie knowing they will win. So there are never any surprises, but we still watch, isn't it? I mean, you know that the guy, Jack Bauer will have to win. At the end of the day, this movie, I mean, he will win. And maybe we just like this fact that there's a certainty about, about this. Maybe it's a fact that there's a good and evil and good wins. Because in the world, we're not always sure that good always wins. Maybe that's what it is. But you know, one of the things I really believe fascinates us and maybe makes us attracted to the to the picture of heroes that we see in the movies, I think it's a fact that these very ordinary, mostly people with issues, one of my favorite ones is a Hulk. I mean, that guy has issues from here to Timbuktu. I mean, serious anger management, depression, split personality. I mean, that guy should be seeing a psychiatrist. But you know something? Despite the fact that they have issues. They're insignificant people normally. They're they're nerds or something else. But hidden inside is an X factor. There's something about them that most people don't see. There's something about them that causes them to be able to deal with the problems that face normal human beings. And like us, they're able to deal with problems that most people would really struggle with. And you know something? As a little boy growing up in a world where people were bullied... People look down on you because you didn't have all the the things in place. It always felt good to look at a superhero like like Spider-Man. And to say, you know what? Maybe I'm like that. Maybe deep inside where nobody sees, there's a power waiting to emerge. Maybe one day I'll be bitten by a spider. And all these bullies around me will find their payday. Maybe there's a sense of comfort in knowing that, you know what, I may look ordinary, but maybe there's a power in me that will change things. You see, none of us like to feel helpless. I don't know about you, maybe you've never dreamt about flying, or being invisible, or burning things with your hand. (laughs) Maybe you haven't, maybe some of you have. (laughs) But you know, many of us have wished we could stand up to our boss, who's a big bully. Many of us have wished we could change the way the situation around our family is, the unstable situations in our family. All the, all the, all the, all the fighting, all the, fight, the challenges, and we wish we could do something. We have the power to change our family. And something would be different. Many of us have wished we could change the way our marriage turned out. Some of us have wished that we could eliminate corruption and poverty. Change the driving habits of Nairobi. Anybody ever feel like you wish you were a superpower and that matatu cuts in front of you? You know, I, wish, I used to wish my car was a superhero. You know, the, the cars that have guns that just come out. And the matatu guy says, oh my, you know, blow him out. Although we all have these fantasies. When, when we feel helpless, you wish you had the power to change your situation. Maybe it's a desire to ensure that no child would ever have to sleep hungry. Maybe it's a desire to pull ourselves out of uh, poverty, to end tribalism. Maybe it's the anger that comes in you when you're in that last matatu and it's raining. And they charge you five times what it normally costs. And in that place of helplessness, we wish we had the power to change the world. We wish we had the power. And so we focus on our quiet lives. Knowing we don't have this power. Knowing we don't have the ability to change the world but wishing we had it. Maybe this is where our fascination with superheroes comes from. But this month, I have some news for you. And the news is this, that God is in the business of making superheroes today. And God is looking for superheroes in this Mavuno Church. God wants to raise up some people and give them the power to change the world. We're going to be looking at a very unlikely group of superheroes. A very unlikely group of very ordinary people that God gave the power to actually change the world. We're going to read their story. In fact, we're going to be reading through the book of Acts. And so I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. The series title is Heroes Wanted, an Invitation to Change the World. I believe that God is giving us an invitation. He's calling out heroes because he wants to change the world. And the title of this first message is, The X Factor. The X Factor. Please turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. And we're going to read about a very unlikely group of superheroes. Acts chapter 1, verse 1 to 8. And this is what it says. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. Father God, I come before you now as we read your word. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. This word cleans us. It changes our thinking. It turns our thoughts right. You help us to think like you every time we come to your word. And right now, Lord, I am speaking that even as I I preach your word today. That Lord, I will be a vessel. That, Lord, it will not be me who is speaking, but you would speak. Take over, Lord. I pray that, Lord, your people who are here hungry for this word, that, Lord, they would receive it. Young and old, men and women. Lord, those who have known you for years and those who are just coming to know you. I pray that for every one of us, there will be a word that would change our lives. Speak to us now. Lord, we resist any power of the evil one. I speak to any spirit that is within the sound of my voice. And I bind it right now and take authority over it in the name of Jesus. I declare that this space is dedicated to God. Any confusion, I take authority over you. And I bind you and cast you to the place where Jesus has prepared. And I speak that Lord, this word would bring transformation unto your people's lives. For this I ask in the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus. God's people said, Amen. Now this book, the book of Acts, was written by the same author who wrote the gospel of Luke. And his name was? Luke. Luke was a medical doctor. And uh, he witnessed, he was an eyewitness to some historic, earth-changing events. Dr. Luke, he continues this book. The, story of, the book of Acts is a sequel. So it continues from where the first book left off. And he, the story begins with Jesus after his resurrection unfolding the plan for his disciples, a plan for them to change the world on his behalf. He takes 40 days to break down this plan for them, to show them that it's possible. Now, I suspect that as Jesus spoke to these guys, that they had no idea what he was speaking about. They did not believe he was meaning them. They knew what he was, they could hear the words, but in some way they kept thinking, I'm sure he's not talking about us. If you asked any of them they would have given you many reasons why they were not superhero material why they were not qualified to do what jesus was asking them to do reason number one might have been it's someone else's job it's someone else's job notice this question as jesus is in the middle of envisioning them they asked him lord are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to israel what they're saying is okay jesus we're so glad you're back We didn't believe you, but now we can see you. You're for real. Now, it's time to do stuff. We're behind you. You do the stuff, we'll support you. We're together. That's what they're asking him. Lord, are you here to do stuff? Jesus actually turns this upside down. He says, actually, no. I'm here to help you do the stuff yourselves. You know, like the disciples, many of us feel like changing the world is not our responsibility. This government... This police force, when will they ever get their act together? Do you ever find yourself asking that? My goodness, all this mess, all this corruption, all these issues. Somebody needs to sort them out. The roads with the potholes. Oh my, the roads with the potholes. When will somebody do something about the issues that are all around us? Maybe you've been coming to Mavuno for a while. And you, maybe you think, man, I love how Kanji and Astar are cleaning the airwaves. Those guys are doing such a good job. I love how some Mavunites are changing the lives of prisoners. They're doing such a great job. I believe in them. Tuko Pamoja. I'm behind you guys. I'm praying for you. You guys, you're doing a good job. But you know, many of us believe it's someone else's job to change the world. Just like the disciples. Reason number two that they would have given you why they were not the right people for the job. I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified. I mean, look at Peter. He tried to walk on water and he almost drowned. I mean, for real. (laughs) The dude almost drowned. Imagine how embarrassing that was. The great man of God stepped out of the boat, walking on water. (laughs) Oh, help! I, I don't even know what he told the rest of the disciples when he got back on the boat. He was like, oh gosh, I don't even want guys to look at me anymore. It's so embarrassing. I mean, these guys tried to cast out a demon. The way they had seen Jesus casting out a demon. Man, those guys, I mean, the guys were look at them like, what? Nothing is happening. If it was in the day of Twitter, guys would have said, I sent Jesus customer service to cast out demon. I found some jokers who are so useless. Hashtag Twitter big stick. <laughs> useless guys. They can't even cast out a simple demon. Jesus just comes and says, leave. The demon goes. And not only that, by the time Jesus was dying, these guys had pledged themselves to die for him forever. As soon as the army came, what did they do? Sharp. I mean, the Bible, the book, the book of Mark says one of them even left his clothes on the scene. Dude, there's some way, there's, you can run, but there some guys who can really run. He ran faster than his clothes. You know, you only see those things in cartoons. Eh? <laughs> Read the Bible. It actually says they did that. This is wrong. These guys were completely inadequate and unqualified for this job. You know, in the same way, many of us feel completely unqualified and inadequate to represent God. Even in our offices or in our homes. We're all too aware of our issues and our failings. Many of us are still struggling with a habit that brings shame to us. We don't want anyone to see it. An addiction. Many of us are aware of how little we know God, about God. Man, I'm so weak spiritually. I'm, <laughs> I'm not qualified to be the one to help others. How, how can I be the one praying for others? How can I be the one changing my office? And many of us, like those disciples, we probably believe one day when I feel more qualified. One day when I've really studied this thing, and I've been here long enough, then I'll do stuff. Until then, Aston Akanji, Right behind you guys, We support you. Reason number three, they'd have told you why they were the wrong guys for the job. It's too costly. It's too costly. The gospel of John tells us that as soon as Jesus died, after a little while, Peter went back to his old profession. Followed by some of the disciples, they went back to fishing. They went back to their old jobs. I wonder if at this point they were thinking, man, we've lost so many years. We've fallen behind the competition. We've, we, we need to catch up. Things are thick. Our families need to be fed. How can we change the world when we need to look after the bills? And right there they are. You can see them. Jesus finds them. Instead of waiting for him, they're out there fishing. Looking after their own needs. Many of us have the same fears. What if I follow God and I end up poor? Anybody ever had that thought? What if I trust his will for my life and I never travel and see the world. Or I never drive that dream car that I've always wanted to drive or live in that home that I would love to live in. What if I fall behind in my career or my business because of following God? What if he asks me to give up things that are too precious for me? And as a result, many of us prefer to keep a safe distance. You know what? I'll come to church. I'll give even. I'll support Just don't ask me to step up because I'm not sure that I can pay the cost. It's someone else's job. I'm not qualified. It's too costly. These guys clearly had issues. Serious issues. Someone once suggested that if Jesus had sent a a, a headhunter to check out his potential recruits, management recruits, that he'd have received this reply. Thank you for submitting the CVs of the 12 men that you've picked for managerial positions in your new organization. All of them have taken our battery of tests. We've run the results through our computer and have arranged personal interviews for each of them with our psychologist, vocational aptitude consultants and others. It is our qualified opinion that most of your nominees are lacking in background education and vocational aptitude for this enterprise. They have no team concept. Simon Peter is emotionally unstable and given to fits of temper. Andrew is just a follower, he has no leadership qualities. The two brothers, James and John, they place personal interests above company loyalty. Thomas shows a skeptical aptitude that will tend to undermine morale. Matthew has been blacklisted by the Jerusalem Anti-Corruption Commission and is under investigation for questionable business practices. James and Uh, James, son of Alpheus, and Thaddeus are former Mungiki members, and they seem prone to violent outbursts. None of these are qualified. One of the candidates, however, shows real potential. He's a man of ability and resourcefulness, meets people well and has contacts in high places. He's highly motivated, ambitious, and responsible. We recommend Judas Iscariot (laughs) (laughs) as your controller and right-hand man. My goodness, what is it that made Jesus look at these guys who are the, 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 <laughs> the last guys that he should have picked to change the world? The Bible tells us they had accents. When Peter spoke, they said, you must have been with Jesus. We recognize your accent. As in they couldn't even speak properly. <laughs> these guys are from shags. You can tell. In Acts chapter 4, they, they recognized that these men were unlearned and untutored. They had no education. They stood out for how uneducated they were. Jesus picked these ones to change the world. And yet the reality for us is that many of us feel completely helpless. We feel, Jesus, how can I be a world changer? I'm very much like these ones. I'm so inadequate. I'm such a sinner. I'm so spiritually weak. I'm so untrained. I'm so young. I'm so busy hustling just to make a living. I have issues. Surely... I am not qualified for this, but something, somewhere, changed everything. Something happened that changed everything. Every hero has a defining encounter. Peter Parker, nerd, little spindly young boy who can be slapped by anyone, got bitten by a radioactive spider, and he turned into the amazing Spider-Man. Oh my goodness, Bruce, what's his name? This guy, Bruce Wayne. I see, sir. I just, just checking on you. Bruce Wayne, little boy sees his parents being killed in cold blood, and that changes in his mind. That encounter changes something in him, and he trains until he becomes Batman. We're educating the rest of you who don't watch this stuff, bringing you up to speed here. Ordinary people, defining encounter, extraordinary lives is a trajectory that happens there something changes for these disciples let's read about this encounter acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4 this is what it says the next chapter over it says when the day of pentecost came they were all together in one place suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What changed? The Holy Spirit. God checked in and nothing could remain the same. These guys who had feared to take responsibility, from now on they would be filled with a clear sense of unshakable purpose. People were shocked. They seemed to know exactly what they wanted. People were amazed. How did you know? But they knew it. These guys who had felt inadequate, now they had complete authority. They spoke even where the rulers were. The kings and the, of, of, of the kingdoms, the rulers of the religions. And they got utmost respect because they had total authority in every situation. These guys who had been afraid to pay the cost, now they were totally fearless. If you read on in Acts chapter 5, we're told that that the religious rulers get tired of telling them not to preach. So they have them flogged. They beat them up, cruelly. And what do they do? The Bible tells us, Acts chapter 5 verse 41, that they came out rejoicing that they had been counted worthy of suffering for his name. What do you do with people who are not afraid to die? How can you keep people down when they have no fear in their life? These men were completely fearless and it all began with the Holy Spirit. The X Factor came in and it made all the difference because of this X Factor. This group of Shao, people with accents, people who are just Burekabisa. But the Holy Spirit checks in and they accomplish the impossible. It starts with 12, then 120. Soon it's thousands. They begin to spread across the Middle East. They reach Asia and Europe. Eventually America and the rest of the Southern Hemisphere coming even up to here in Africa. It's almost impossible to believe that this insignificant group of people. By the way, Palestine was like a tiny little country. Rome had colonized much huger powers. The Egypts, the the big powers, Babylon and others. Palestine was a little, little village compared to them. And these guys came from Galilee, which was the worst part. And it's the Shaoist part of the Shaoist country. Are you understanding what I'm saying here? But these guys, it's almost inconceivable to believe that in a little while, the whole Roman Empire was practicing their faith. How did this happen? How did these insignificant people change the world? From a small persecuted core, they changed every part of the world we live in. From the dignity of women, who at that time in the Roman Empire were nothing more than slaves. To the care of the sick and the dying, leading to what we call hospitals today. To the development of concepts behind democracy, human rights, widespread education, university education even. Most of our legal system is based on what they taught. We feel their impact every day, even when we're unaware of it. Peter. The bungling idiot, the guy who ran away and disowned Jesus three times. He's more famous than Caesar. How is it Jesus turned these nobodies into somebodies? He's in the same business today. He's in the same business today. The amazing thing is that we are expe- built to experience exactly the same power that these men experienced The Bible calls it the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available for us. This is what the scriptures tell us. You see, God did not create us to just be born, to come to church, to have children, get married, whatever the order. (laughs) Die. There's more to life than that. God created us to live out a purpose filled with his power. This is what God created us for. Each of us was meant to make a difference. Each of us longs for a life of significance. This is what we were created for. This is why we are attracted to those stories of heroes. Because deep inside, there's a hero waiting to be let out. Every one of us is created to be a hero. We long for that life because God made us for it. And though we may be naturally fearful, timid, unqualified, when his X factor checks in, We are transformed into world changers. Tell your neighbor, you've got the power. You've got the power. You've got the power. By the way, this is why Mavuno exists. As we go along this series, I'll be sharing with you some of the things about this church. You'll get to understand Mavuno a lot better as you read the story, as we read the story, as we read through the book of Acts and catch up with these early disciples. You see, when we started this church, we prayed seven years ago. But this wouldn't just be a church where people came and got a spiritual fix and went back. And came back the next Sunday and got a spiritual fix and went back. We didn't want to produce Christians who just attended church, knew the Bible, but were of no value to their families and to their workplaces. We desired that this church would change people so that those people would change their society. This is what we prayed that God would give us. Our prayer that was that we would reach our generation. People who considered church Irrelevant who considered the gospel completely useless for day-to-day living, and having helped them understand their purpose, that these would become change agents, heroes, who would change the structure of our very society. And God has been gracious to us. I don't know if you know that this August is Mavuno's 7th birthday. August the 4th and the 5th. Start buying your dress. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a fun day. We're looking forward to it. I can't wait to just give God glory for taking us all these years. But he's been so gracious. He's been so amazing. We've literally grown from that little group of people who started to a church of almost 5,000 adults, youth, and children spread in five campuses in three nations. We have presences in four other nations which are ripe to start a church in. Literally thousands who were formerly indifferent to God, disillusioned by the church. Now they're living passionately for God, changing their families, changing their workplaces. Many corporate companies in Nairobi are feeling the impact of this church. I don't know if you know that. There are companies, by the way, where a huge number of people come to Mavuno. And there's a difference in the work culture because of that. I, I heard about a company, uh, uh, actually a hospital, one of uh, a large hospital, a famous hospital, has 500 employees a hundred and twenty of them have done or are doing mizizi what what do you do with that when you start when when the organization starts to change from the inside out and something begins to change in the attitudes of the nurses the doctors the healthcare givers change is happening this nation has felt us not because we advertise but because literally everyone in this nairobi knows somebody whose life has been changed here at mavuno church to god be the glory God be the glory for what he is doing. God's power has been at work within us these last seven years. But this is just the beginning. Tell your neighbor, Nabado, you ain't seen nothing yet. God is just beginning to do his work here. In his word, it says that we're to be his witnesses. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God is not just interested in Mavuno becoming a place of worship, but a boot camp for world changers. That's what this place is. As you've heard us talk about Mavuno 3.0 today, as you heard about talking about where we're moving to, I hope for those who are just coming in that you know that this is not about land. It's not about money. That's not what we're about in this place. It's not about being famous or being cool or being known as that cool church. That's not what the interest of the people in this church is. It's because we need a a suitable space to turn our nation upside down. To train an army of world changers. This is what we're about. I pray that Mavuno will never be famous because of the size of its congregation. Never be famous because of the size of its its buildings. That's not what will give us fame. I trust that God will allow us to be known because we are people who have joined God in changing our city. And that this city, the families in this city, the offices in this city are being turned upside down by the gospel of Jesus because we were there. That people will say there's a church that existed and because of that Nairobi was never the same. This is what our prayer for this church is. But you know church, church is this place and I know many people, many of us came to this place because church is a place to be refreshed, to be energized, to be taught. But you know it must also equip us to go out into the world and bring God's kingdom principles to bear there in impossible situations in the world around us. Tell your neighbor, you've got the power. It's not coincidence that you're here in Mavuno Church. It's not a coincidence. You're not here because you brought yourself. The Bible says, you did not choose me, I chose you. This is what God says about you. Because you're here, by the time he's done with you, your family will not be the same. By the time he's done with you, your neighborhood will not be the same. By the time he's done with you, your workplace will not be the same. In fact, I dare prophesy your industry will not be the same. This city will not be the same by the time that God is done with you. Because God is in the business of raising heroes. You've got the power, Mavuno. You've got the power to change this city. There are only 12. Look at what they did. How many are we? Imagine what God can do through this church if we're totally yielded to him. So how do we access this power in our lives? You know, it's easy to talk about power. Talk about power. What is this power? How do we actually begin to live lives? Some of us are hearing this word, and right now you're living a defeated life. You might even be saved, but you don't see breakthroughs in your life. Nothing is changing around you. How do you access this power? Verse 38. Chapter 2, verse 38. says, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit this is the X X factor you know the word repent is taken from an old Hebrew word which means to turn to change direction to repent simply means to turn from 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 doing things our way and to turn into doing things God's way to surrender from our own selfish driven lives and to say god i surrender to you i will do things as you direct this is what repentance is our natural instinct is to manage our lives based on our preferences god is calling us instead to surrender to his preferences to his direction and as we do so he's promised the x-factor he said when you repent when you come into this family and you live a life of repentance you will Listen, listen, listen. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Don't be fooled by anyone. God isn't in the business of portioning out the Holy Spirit to those he likes, his favorites. He's not going to portion it to Pastor S and leave you out. He has said, when you repent, you're baptized, you're part of this thing. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Some of us were lied to in high school. We're told it's because you don't have faith. That's why you don't have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are told that, isn't it? God does just like you. You know, we left out thinking, you know, something's wrong with me. Somehow other people are being changed. I'm not being changed. Listen, God says this gift is for everyone. Everyone who comes for me. It begins with surrender though. God wants to give this X factor, but it begins with surrender. I've come to understand this one thing. It's an important truth. Each of us is as filled with the Holy Spirit as we desire to be. It's a very, very profound truth. In fact, at, at, at first you might not even get that what I've just said. Each of us is as full as the Holy of the Holy Spirit as we desire to be. You know, for a long time I used to pray, Lord, I want more of you. I want more power in my life. I want more ability. I want more discernment. I want your gifts in my life. You know, the song we say, "All I want is more of you." But I began to understand it's actually the opposite. It's not asking God to give me more of Him. It's me giving more of myself to God. And when I give God more of me, I have more of Him. And God is sitting there saying, I want to give you your desire. I want to give you the power you're praying for. But I don't have all of you. I don't have space to move in your life because there's so much competition for my authority in your space. Yes, I know you've called me savior, but you're driving that vehicle. I'm in the co-driver's seat. You can't have more of me because there's no room for me in your life. And I began to realize that God was saying, if all you want is more of me, then I must have more of you. Then you will have this power. What are the areas of your life that you're holding on to? What are those areas that are not yet yielded to God completely? Is it your finances? Is it your career? Is it your business? Is it your house? Is it your family? Is it your plans for marriage? Is it your material possessions? What is that area that is not completely yielded to God? That sin that you're unwilling to let go of. Ironically, this could be the very thing that is keeping you from the life you've always wanted. This is such a lie of the devil. He makes you think, you know what? If you give this thing up to God, you'll be left without. Not understanding that that thing that you're holding on to could be the very thing. That is keeping you. You know you can't receive when your hand is like this. You know that, can't? You? Don't you? I mean, Lord, give me power. <laughs> it's only as I go, like this, that God is able to fill me with everything He created me for and designed me for. A missionary called Jim Elliot once said, "It is a wise person who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose." You know, we cling on to things that we will lose. Things that we'll die and we'll leave behind. Things that we cannot keep for ourselves. We cannot guarantee them. We hold on to those things. As opposed to holding on to the one we will never lose. Because Jesus says, when you have me, I will never leave you or forsake you. He will never leave you. Over the next few weeks, I want us to go through the story of these heroes. It's a stunning story. These guys that we've just read about. Uneducated. (laughs) Provincial from the district. These guys, they have a remarkable story. They changed the world. And as we go through this story, we're going to be learning about how we too can change the world. Indeed, how we too were created to change the world. My conviction is that this story was never meant to be A story of extraordinary Christian living. You know, sometimes we look at the apostles and we say, Man, those guys had faith. Man, those guys saw big things. I don't believe that this story was put here for us to admire them. I believe that this story was put there for us to understand the template of the ordinary Christian life. Now, can I say that again? You know, many times we see these as extraordinary living. We see these are the lives of those extraordinary, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, extraordinary Christians. What I'm trying to say is, this is the story of an ordinary Christian. Every ordinary Christian should see in their lives, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the same things that these guys witnessed. I believe over the next few weeks, God is going to be opening our minds to a life of power and authority. He's going to be opening our minds to the kind of potential that we have hidden within us. When we unleash this X factor, when we allow him to have his way in our lives. This is what God is calling us to in the month of June. God is in the business of raising superheroes. Tell your neighbor. (laughs) Oh my goodness, neighbor. Tell neighbor. (laughs) You've got the power! Oh, somebody needs to wake up this month. There's somebody who's been deceived by the devil this month, who's coming to this place, and this month you will find freedom. There's somebody whose family has been so beaten up by the devil because you've not understood that you're the sentinel. You're the one that God has given the authority and the power to speak what is not as if it is. And because of you, not knowing your authority, not knowing who you are, there's chaos in your family. And you've not understood the authority that God has given you. There's some of you right now who are so harassed in your workplace, so harassed in your life, not understanding. You've got the power. You've got the power to live a very different kind of life. And my prayer for every single one of us is that we will leave this month a completely different people from those who walked in. That God's word will change and wash our minds and teach us how to access this power that is available for every single one of us. Imagine a people living in complete surrender to the Holy Spirit. Their ambitions, their desires, their families, their careers, fully yielded to God. And imagine that in turn, they live lives that are fearless. That they walk everywhere and they're known as people who cannot be put down. Bosses listen to them. Politicians want to hear their opinion. Everybody wants to get a reference from them. Because these people are different from everyone else. Everybody's asking them, what's different about you? Imagine that you're one of those people, because this story we're going to read, it's a story of all of us. It's a story we're meant to live. Oh God, may none of us miss out on what you want for us this month. May none of us walk out of this place not understanding who we are created to be. This is your story. You've got the power. You've got the power. You've got the power. Of oh, Wino Church, you've got the power. You have the power. I want to pray for us today. As I conclude. Oh my goodness, June is going to be an exciting month. I just sense it. I'm so excited. I've been reading this book. I've read it several times. By the way, I want to challenge you. If, you're, if you get a moment, read through the book of Acts. Get your mind ready for what God is doing. God wants to do some spectacular things in this church this month. You can't out-hype God. His power is just too great. I believe that families are going to be healed because of what's going to happen in this month. I believe that workplaces will be changed because of what's going to happen in this month. Destinies will be connected because of what's going to happen. Confusion is going to flee because of what's going to happen in this month. I believe that God is in the business of raising heroes today and He's going to raise them here at Mavuno Church. I want to pray as I start. The first thing I want to pray before we even go farther in their story, this X Factor is so significant. You cannot experience the kind of life these guys lived if you do not have this alignment to the Holy Spirit that they had. And some of us are here, you've known God for a while, but you've come to Him like this. You're still in control of your life. You're still the one calling the shots. And maybe today is when you finally understood, now I know why I'm not experiencing power in my life. Now I know why I'm living such a defeated Christian life. Now I know why I'm living such an ordinary life. And not seeing the results that I've seen in my friends' lives. And today I want to pray for you. I believe that God is calling us to start this month in the posture of surrender. And I believe that this call is for many of us who are in this congregation. Not a few. There are many of us that God is speaking to even through this word. And he wants you to surrender. I'm going to ask you to stand if this is you I'm speaking about. It's a place of starting this month in surrender. You're, you're surrendering by saying, Lord, I want to give up. The things I've been holding on to. That I know have been holding me back from being the person you're calling me to be. Come on, stand up if this is you. You're saying, Lord, as I start this month, I hear you. Some of you, God has already been talking to you about those things. You've already been hearing His voice clearly. Some of you have even walked with the Lord for a long time and experienced His power in the past. But somewhere you've plateaued because in some way, where it started like this, it became like this. You began to hold on to the gift and not the giver. And the Lord is saying, I want this with my children. Oh, if you know this is you, if you know your hand has not been like this, if you know there are things in your life that you've been like this to God, this is the time for you to stand up right now. Come on, just open your hands like this. Gesture of surrender. Saying, Lord, I give it up. I give myself away, Lord. Use me, Jesus. Whatever it is that the Lord has caused you to stand up about, give it up to Him right now. Your career, your marriage, your children, your health, Your family, whatever it is, just put up your hands and say, Lord, I surrender. Or some of you, it's your child, and you're not willing to let go, yet that is God's child. It's time for you to say, as a mother, as a father, I surrender that child, Lord. It's yours. They're yours. Praise you, Jesus, for every prayer of surrender that is going up to you in this place. Thank you, Lord, that we're starting this month in a posture of surrender as a church. Bless you, Jesus. And Lord, our surrender comes up to you right now. Some people surrendering their education, their career, their finances, whatever it is that you're speaking to them about. I bless you because you're in this place. I bless you that Lord, you dwell in a place where your people praise you and glorify you. I bless you because you love to be first in our lives. Because then you have the space to do what you want to do. And Lord, to make us who you made us to be. And so right now, Lord, I speak over your children. That you'll bring release in their lives. Lord, the things that have held them back will hold them back no more. As they speak this prayer over their lives, as they bring this surrender, I pray that, Lord, you'll even bring people in their lives that they can share this thing with. As they begin to walk in freedom, not held back by possessions, not held back by relationships, but, Lord, fully yielded to you, saying, Lord, here I am. Use me to glorify yourself in my generation. I pray that, Lord, you would activate them to experience the kind of life they've only dreamt of before this day. And, Lord, I'm praying that many of them will look back to this day. They look back to this day as the beginning when the Lord began to do things unprecedented in their lives. And, God's people, even now, as they in that posture of surrender, I invoke the Holy Spirit over your life. I speak that the Lord would fill you right now with His Holy Spirit. I pray that the Lord will fill you now with his power, all his children. I pray that Lord, where that fullness has been, that is not a fullness of God, as it lives right now, that the fullness of God would come into your children. And I speak Lord, gifts to be released in their life. I speak that Lord, authority will be released in their life. I speak that Lord, confidence will be released in their life. I speak against confusion in the name of Jesus. I pray that Lord, the devil will not be able to hold them back again. Because Lord, you're leading them into an extraordinary life. I bless you for your children. This month, Lord, I pray that you would just wash their minds. Transform them into the image of your son. And I pray that every one of them would have a testimony of what God is able to do. Bless you. Come on, let's just appreciate them one more time. We bless you, Lord. Just before I end, I'm going to pray for one last group of people. There's somebody here who's never given your life to Jesus. Listen. Don't deny yourself the authority and the power you're created for. You will never find your purpose. I want to tell you this with all my heart. As a brother, as somebody who loves you, as somebody who has given my life to tell people about what happened in my own life when I discovered God. I thought I was, you know what, I thought I was doing God a favor by giving my life to him. I realized I was such a lie of the devil that when I actually gave him my life, he came in. And let me tell you, it was 20 years ago, I have never been the same. Oh, I live to tell my my generation, this thing will change your life. Maybe you're here, you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe for some sudden reason you left him, you went back to your fishing. But the Lord is saying, I want you back home, my child. If you're here, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand wherever you are. I'm going to say a quick prayer over you and then release God's people to go home. Anybody who's here, just raise it up right now. Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't wait to go think about this at home. Don't worry who's watching you or who you came with. It's not their destiny you're worried about. It's yours. Come on, just raise it up wherever you are. The Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody right here. I know he is knocking and maybe you've been afraid but the Lord is saying when you allow me to do this, you will never be afraid again. I will change your life. Trust me, I never thought one day I'd have the boldness to speak in a place like this. The Lord has changed my life. I'm living in my purpose. He wants that for somebody here. Anybody here? Just raise your hand wherever you are. To God be the glory. Wherever you are, just raise it up. I want to pray for you. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Listen, if you're here, you've not made that decision. Oh, listen to me. This month, I'm praying for you that the Lord will open your eyes. And that He will show you His love and the potential that He created you for. And he will show you the lies that you've believed. That you don't belong there. That you belong to him. I believe that the Lord has such love for somebody here. And by the way, I'm not saying this out of my own volition. The Lord is speaking so strongly to somebody here. Somebody who's right now held back by their fear, by their past. But I'm saying to you, the Lord wants to set you free. If you would like to come and speak to me after this service, I'd love to pray for you. So please don't leave if that's you I'm speaking about. The Lord has your number. He's speaking to you right now. You know yourself. Come and speak to me after this. This is a month when God begins to reveal himself to us. This is a month we access his power. Tell your neighbor you've got the power. You've got the power. Come on, stand to your feet right now. I want to bless you as you go into the week. Let me ask you to do something special. Some of you need to bring your family members, especially those who don't go to church this month. Because I believe this month is going to begin to open their eyes to the kind of potential they have that will change even your family. So begin to to invite people who need to be here. Because I sense God is going to do something amazing for us. You know what? Destinies are going to to be released. I sense this city will change because of what God will do this month. Come on, lift up your hands right now. I want to bless you as you go into the week. You've got the power. You've got the power. Holy Spirit, I invite you now to dwell among your people in a very simple way this week. Begin to open their minds as they read your word. Help them to understand the heights and the depths of your love for them. Help them to understand the purpose for which you created them. Help them to understand how central they are to your thinking for this city, for this world. Help them to move away from how they've seen themselves in the past and to begin to see themselves as you see them. I speak a blessing over you, God's people. The Lord is your shepherd. He will go before you. He will not allow you to be harmed. He will encamp around you this week. His spirit will go before you in all your endeavors and he will guard you in all your ways. I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. God's people say, give your neighbor a high five, tell them you've got the power.